it's a lot of responsibility to take this on for the class because we want to do right by the amazing stories that exist within it and amplify a sample. And I think that we have 1,600 interesting stories in the class. This is the launch episode for a new podcast called Personal Veritas. This series will feature members of the Harvard College class of 1997 in celebration of our 25th reunion. We're looking to create something authentic and vulnerable. In the episodes to come, a diverse cohort of alumni shares stories about how their lives have unfolded, how they've been changed by their greatest life challenges, where they find themselves now after two history-making years across the globe, and how they would like to have personal and professional impact going forward. Let's drop into the conversation. I'm Anne Elizabeth Stewart, now Samson. I lived in Matthews and later Mather's house when I was at Harvard. I studied the history of science and was a rower, and so spent a lot of time on the Charles River. I'm a former journalist who now helps build organizations for impact. I'm also a mom, partner, coach, and activist, and I volunteer with the Harvard community here in Toronto, where I live. Hi, I'm Sally Wolf. I lived in Weld and Cabot House and was a psychology major while at Harvard. I am a former media executive turned positive psychology coach and workshop facilitator and corporate well-being advisor. I live with metastatic breast cancer and advocate within that community. And most importantly, I am an auntie to three amazing little humans. They would tell you if they wrote my bio that I leave a trail of glitter and arts and crafts and fun sleepover activities everywhere I go. I'm Shauna Springer, formerly Shauna Howarth, and married a fellow Harvard alum. I was an English major at Harvard, and I'm a trauma psychologist and podcast host, as well as an author of three books focused on military and first responder trauma. I also spent 10 years of my career working on close relationship research, and I am a wife and a mom, and I really wanted to do this podcast because I value authentic connection, and I wanted to create that through telling the stories of classmates and all the amazing things that they've experienced and how they've navigated challenges in their lives and sort of how we come through twists and turns in life. I agree. I think also my, I have been very active in the Harvard alumni community. And what I realized is that my relationship with the institution and the people is ongoing. It's not like we spent four years together and then that's it. It's this static relationship. And even the fact that I've gotten to meet the two of you in doing this project together, we didn't know each other in undergrad. And here we are working together and we have a lot in common. And Sally, you and I, um, we met each other at the 20th reunion for the first time. And we worked on a panel together about life's twists and turns. And that was part of what formed the idea for this podcast. Yeah, that rings true for me. I mean, I didn't know either of you in school. And as you just mentioned, we had this privilege, this opportunity to come together with a few other classmates almost five years ago at our 20th and be a part of something that 
for me was really a life-changing moment of leaning into vulnerability, of leading into imperfection on a stage where all I had really strived for for four years at Harvard was perfection, right? Perfect grades, perfect experience with on-campus recruiting to get a job that I didn't even know existed. You know, all these things that we go through our college experience that I think Harvard kind of just, you know, it's Harvard. And so there's this striving for so much that feels like it will look good on a resume or it will look good as we reflect back. And and here we were at the 20th reunion and I was, you know, about a year out, not even a full year out from my own breast cancer journey. And you put together this incredible group where we had all been, what I would say was real. And I you know, I remember doing the red book for our 20th reunion. And as I wrote it, I was about four or five months out of chemo. It was not the red book entry that I would have expected to write, you know, going into the 20th, had I not just had that year. And yet it was where I was in that moment. And if I reflect back the ability to make the choice in our 40s versus the choice I would have made in our 20s to share that openly. Like, I'm not where I thought I would be. I don't know where I'll be at the reunion because that's six months from now. And right now I'm like just getting my act together again, but I'm going to be real and honest and share where I am authentically in this moment. What I saw was that your openness paved the way for a lot of people to experience that reunion in a different way. And the feedback you and I got and others on that panel was, that by being vulnerable, by being open with twists and turns and how we navigated that, people were actually able to connect at a much deeper level and get beyond all of that posturing and rank that sometimes is pretty common, you know, within Harvard. So that was part of what what we wanted to do with the podcast was do that at scale and bring some stories forward. And then Anne Elizabeth is like this powerhouse former journalist comes on and says, can I step up and help with the production roadmap and like offer my skills as a gift to this venture as well? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I love meeting different people and hearing their stories. And then I heard that Shauna, you and, and Sally had put together this idea and, and gotten the ball rolling I think that both of you have a really good gut sense of the stories and I wanted to be part of that because I think that, you know, there are incredible stories in the Red Book and in our class. We got the idea, honestly, from the class of 1996 podcast series. Paul Cabana and some members of that class made a beautiful series of podcasts because they couldn't meet up in person. And Rachel Garland is this brilliant singer-songwriter who was featured in the Class of 96 podcast. And so I actually went to Rachel's house in San Francisco. We sat down, we had coffee, and I asked her to do something really special for our podcast. And in some of the episodes, she's going to scope out like completely original music based on the conversations. It's like this creative thing she does as an artist that's incredible. And then we have Kate Eisenberg, the illustrator. So I first met Kate or Katie as I met her freshman year. We were part of the same Proctor group. And about 10 years after we graduated, she pivoted and followed her heart, her passion into the world of art. And she has had work published in the New Yorker magazine and 
as we were getting going on this project and knew we wanted to have beautiful cover art really to accompany the podcast, she was such a natural choice. And, you know, what a good problem to have. She gave us like, what, seven, eight, nine designs, Mm -hmm. all of which we really liked. And then we have JC, Jen Chun Chow. He worked on the 96 podcast and did a beautiful job. And so we were able to bring him in to our team to work with us on the tech side of producing all the episodes. We're very lucky to have him. Yeah. Sally, you describe your Harvard experience. You know, I do think that in the world, there is a vision or an image of a Harvard graduate, and it is a stereotype that I find doesn't apply at all to most of the people that I know. And so I think it's really interesting to try to put some color on the stories and the paths of some of our classmates, because it's not, I don't think, what the stereotype defines. Yeah. As evidenced by the two of you, all of the people we're going to be talking to, in general, you know, there's this kind of image, I think, of this sort of overachieving or I'm the smartest person in the room kind of persona, which I find in general didn't apply to people I knew when I was a student, and it doesn't apply to any of the alumni that I know. And so that's kind of one of the things that I also think is really interesting. Like, why do we get that? (laughs) Yeah. I flatly like reject this idea that people don't have fun at Harvard because I had so much fun. It was like some of my favorite years of my life. And it isn't that stereotype of, you know, all you do is study and like, there's no fun to be had. It just it wasn't for many of us. And that's part of what I think was how we connected, you know, was around not just how hard we worked, but the conversations we had in the off times and the relationships that we built. I'm excited. I I know that we all read the draft Red Book. For those of you that don't know, the Red Book is published by the Harvard Alumni Association every five years for our reunion. The 25th is the big one. And it is a chance for each member of our class to share what they're doing, what they're interested in, what they're thinking about. And some of the prompts are how would you describe them? They're, They're not just like tell us your resume because we could all read that on LinkedIn. It's more about kind of what are your thoughts, what are your reflections on life in the last 25 years? So we've had a chance as a group developing the podcast to to review an early draft of the Red Book before it comes out. And so this is where we found some of the people that we would like to interview. One of the biggest themes in the Red Book was about being like last minute, you know, like, well, I'm writing this the night before. But one of the other themes that was really strong was this concept of the days are long, but the years are short, which pairs so well with a a song that Rachel wrote called The Days Are Long. And that'll be featured um, in the podcast series as well. It's funny that you mentioned how many people, and it was a considerable portion of the class that mentioned leaving their red book entries for the very last minute. And I'm raising my hand right now. We, we can see each other. Anne Elizabeth's raising her hand too. I happen to be at the wedding of two classmates the weekend that these entries were due. So it was actually a topic for conversation. And the vast majority of us 
pretty sure, including the bride and groom, were very much needing to get those in. And as many of us know, we were lucky enough to get an extension. And and what we know, because we got the advanced copy of the Red Book, was, I mean, it was like 100 pages longer when we got the real final copy versus yeah. what was really printed for us in October. So yes, we Harvard people procrastinate probably because we want it to be perfect. And we're not sure what is the perfect Red Book entry. And one thing that I really reflected on and actually explicitly wrote this in the Red Book is a lot of the fields that were invited to complete for the Red Book, things like job titles or are you married or are you a parent? Right now, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I could write on the CEO and founder, but it's not going to be of a company that someone recognizes, even though I am living my dream that feels like a calling. And I'm not married and I am not a mom, but I am a proud auntie of three amazing little humans that I could not love any more than I do. And so when I looked at these fields that seemingly someone at some time thought these are the fields that maybe should be in the red book that are a sign of what we've accomplished in 25 years. I looked at those and thought, hmm, I love my life. I am so grateful for where I am. And yet I don't really have answers to those that fit the box. And so I just wanted to mention that because we talked about the red book and isn't necessarily designed as a template for all of us to fit our lives into. And so we were really excited to to read what people wrote in part because there's so much that doesn't fall into a simple field, right? It's not a checkbox. And yet that's not the sign of, of a life well-lived or not. We kind of get the opportunity to, to really take a look and reflect and choose what we want to share, what's really important, what makes each of us, us. Well, I think that's what you're describing is the data, right? Like we're, on the one hand, we're asked to enter in certain data that we all then use to make assessments about where we are and what we're doing. And then there's the story. And, you know, we've called this podcast personal veritas. Veritas is truth. And truth is meaningful for all of us. It's on the Harvard Shield. But it's also about, I think, you know, when we reflect on 25 years since graduating, our lives are not just the data points that we can easily write or check off. And what we really want to do is tell the stories that are behind the data. I know there's a, there's a line for degrees. <laughs> Degrees and spouse degrees, I think. Correct. There is. And I was like, I don't even have a spouse, let alone a degree for the spouse. But so many people I know have degrees they don't use. Actually, our generation was the generation that went through college in the time before the inner life became something we really focused any attention on in any bigger way. And I think that explains the massive success of courses like positive psychology, but we didn't have that when we were going through college. There wasn't a lot of support or encouragement for looking at ourselves. And so I think a lot of us in our class now are looking at meaning and purpose and what kind of impact we want to have on the world and how we want to kind of use all that we've learned to hopefully find that meaning in this part of our lives. I reflect back. One of the things that always marveled me about Harvard is they pride themselves, you know, our class was so diverse, right? But then I remember senior year 
it was like, what are you doing next year? And it was like doctor, lawyer, investment banker, management consultant. And obviously that wasn't everyone, but I remember the rush of like, hi, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do. I better go through on-campus recruiting. And I ended up, I mean, I say this as one who ended up a management consultant and had, you know, truly no idea what I was doing exactly because I had no business background, but, but I did well in a case interview and I was like, huh, this looks like a great job and, and I'll go for it. Sure. And so I think that that's what I wish, you know, when I say that Harvard in hindsight, that it would have been an amazing gift to get to know ourselves better. I think that now 25 years out, we can have this conversation about meaning and purpose. And I think a lot about legacy, as as you guys know, I live with the stage four breast cancer. So I'm constantly thinking about legacy, maybe on a slightly earlier timeline than others. But I think when I talk and connect with a lot of classmates, I think a lot of us are at that age or stage where we start to kind of reflect a little bit on that. My hope is now there's more of an opportunity to help guide people to to really get to know themselves well enough in that moment of time, because life is going to hand us twists and turns that we may not account for. And yet they may be gifts and they may have real silver linings attached to them when we're open to seeing them. Sometimes you grow up fast, you learn too soon that love was meant to last. Far beyond the body and the bones and so change your mind you look the dishes in the eye and you tell them wait for later this house is just a brief container and ooh, the days are long but the years fly by and then they're gone and ooh, the days are long but the years fly by and 